that you have to speak to us. Give us ears to hear, a heart to receive, uh, and the, the will to uh, do something about that which you speak to us today. In Yeshua's name, amen. <clears throat> Last week, we took a break from our series. We're in this series leading up to Shavuot, entitled Bo Ruach, which simply means come, spirit. But last week, we celebrated the 70th birthday of the modern state of Israel, and uh, it was awesome. What a blessing to celebrate the miracle of Israel and the, to rejoice in the God of Israel who always uh, keeps his promise. Difference between my husband and me. He likes blown at him. I like it blown in the area, but not right at me, so... Just take care of that. So um, uh, we already have spoken on the person of the Ruach and the promise of the Ruach. And today we are going to speak on the power of the Ruach. And our main text comes from Acts 1.8. So if you have your Bible with you, either a tree book or an e-book, you can look there until we get our PowerPoint up and running. But this verse says, But you will receive power when the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, comes upon you. You will be my witnesses both in Jerusalem and in all Yehuda and Shomron, indeed, to the ends of the earth. Now, most of us have heard messages on this verse, and you have probably heard that the Greek word used here for power is dunamis. And it is the word from which we get our English word dynamite, dynamo, etc. And it's true, that is the word that is used in this passage. God is telling us that when we encounter the person of the Ruach and are filled with that initial evidence of speaking in tongues, power flows into us, energizing us for the task at hand, which is to share the good news of Yeshua the Messiah. We've all got that toy from our child, uh, for our child on birthday or Hanukkah. And when they open it up, we cringe when we see that label on the side that says batteries not included. And you realize you didn't get the batteries. And you know what is going to come next. You know that child is going to be upset. And you console the child and you say, oh, look what you can do with this. And they might be able to do some things with the toy, but without the battery, it will never function the way it was created to. In the same way, we need the power of the Ruach to function in the way that we were created to function. As believers in Yeshua the Messiah, we have been forgiven our sins and our names are written in the book of life. But, but there is more. We have shared about that more in our first two messages. But we need to encounter the person of the Ruach, the Spirit of God. Why do we need this encounter? Because we need his power to give life to us. And in fact, I would argue that without his power, we cannot fully function as we were created to be. So let's talk about this power I have two points, which could be exciting or nervous, because I could take two points and talk very long. But I promise you I won't, because I know that you really want to eat that lunch that's upstairs. Two points. The first is that the power is supernatural. As I said, the Greek word here is dunamis, and it is a key word in the book of Acts, where it is used ten times. Three of those times it refers to, to a supernatural miracle. 
that is visible that you actually see. And the other seven times, it refers to a supernatural power that is necessary for the task at hand. So what can we learn from the fact that this power is supernatural? The first thing is that we cannot manufacture it. In other words, we cannot work it up through our own human efforts or thoughts. If we try to do that, we will only fail, leading to discouragement and to uh, frustration. This is why the prophet Zechariah says to Zerubbabel, it is not by human might or human power. He says, but it is by the spirit of the Lord that these things will be accomplished. And so it is in our life, not our human efforts, not all of our striving, but this person of the Ruach, when we encounter him, when we enter into that relationship with him, we have that power that we could never have on our own. And it leads us to do what we could never do on our own. We are told, and we discussed this in our first two messages, that the Excuse me, that the person of the Holy Spirit will lead us and guide us in ways that our human mind cannot comprehend or imagine. Without the person of the, the Ruach, we are like those toys without the batteries, unable to accomplish much in our own lives or in the lives of others. However, when we are weak, he is strong. When we do not know the way, he opens up the door in front of us. One writer said, before Shavuot, the disciples found it hard to do easy things. After Shavuot, they found it easy to do hard things. Let me say that again. Before Shavuot, they found it hard to do easy things. After Shavuot, they found it easy to do hard things. What was the difference? The encounter with the person of the Ruach HaKodesh. And the other thing about the fact that this power is supernatural, we need to recognize that it is the same power that raised Yeshua from the dead. Amen. Ephesians 1.18 says this, I pray, and Rob Shaul was saying this to the Kehilah, the congregation at Ephesus, but I pray this for you here today in the sanctuary to those listening to this by podcast. I pray that God will give your light to your eyes so that you will understand the hope to which he has called you, what rich glories there are in the inheritance he has promised his people, and how surpassingly great is his power. Where's this power come from? The Ruach. His power working in those who trust in him. It works with the same mighty strength he used when he worked in the Messiah to raise him from the dead and seat him at his right hand in heaven. That's what God is talking about when he says in Acts 1-8, you will receive power when the Ruach Hashem fills you. It's that resurrection power to raise Yeshua from the dead. That's the same power that is now available to us. Again, it's beyond human comprehension or understanding. How can the dead be raised? How? There's not anything you and I can do to raise the dead on our own, but the power of the Ruach Kodesh alone can accomplish this. So our hope and our faith rest on this reality that the tomb is empty, and we just celebrated this at Passover time, that the tomb is empty. Amen? 
it is empty. And because the power of the Holy One raised Yeshua from the dead, and Adonai wants you and me to experience that same power. That's why Yeshua promised in Acts 1.8, you will receive power. You will receive power, he said, when the Ruach HaKodesh comes upon you. And the second thing I want to talk about is the purpose of this power. Acts 1.8 clearly states the purpose is you will receive power so that you will be witnesses. In other words, that we will proclaim the good news of Yeshua. However, this power accomplishes a lot of other things in the process because in order to be those who proclaim the good news of Yeshua, we need these other things to take place in our lives as well. And the first thing is the power transforms us from the inside out. Kepha Peter is the greatest example of this transformation. And we often talk about him uh, at this time of the year in our Shavuot messages. Think about it, at the end of the Bissar Road, at the end of the Gospels, we find Kepha denying Yeshua three times. And after Yeshua's death, Kepha, along with the other disciples, are hiding in a room behind a locked door. This was the same man who a few days earlier vehemently swore to Yeshua, I will never deny you, Yeshua. He swore loyalty, faithfulness. When all others forsake you, you will be able to count on me, Yeshua. I won't let you down. I'll be right there. Even if I have to die for you, I will do it, Kepha said. Yeshua said, Kepha, you're going to deny me three times. No, 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 God, not me. Maybe some of these other guys, but not me. You can count on me, Yeshua. But he did deny him three times. No matter how much he wanted to do the right thing on his own, he could not. He could promise all he wanted that he would be there for Yeshua. He could say all the right things. But when the time came, he was not able to live up to his words. He failed Yeshua when Yeshua needed him the most. But then Kepha encounters the person of the Ruach HaKodesh in Acts chapter 2, just as Yeshua promised he would. And he is filled with the Ruach, and he is forever changed. Acts chapter 2, verses 1 through 4, says, The festival of Shavuot, you might know it as Pentecost, arrived, and the believers all gathered together in one place. Suddenly... There came a sound from the sky like the roar of a violent wind, and it filled the whole house where they were sitting. Then they saw what looked like the tongues of fire, which separated and came to rest on each one of them, and they were all filled. Say that with me. They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh and began to talk in different languages as the Spirit enabled them to speak. What changed for Kepha? After his encounter with the Ruach. Well, when we read in the book of Acts, we see that this same man now boldly proclaims Yeshua to those around him, declaring that Yeshua is the Messiah of Israel and the Savior of the world. He no longer hides behind locked doors. When threatened by the religious leaders who just put Yeshua to death, Kepha boldly proclaims that he is not afraid of them because he must preach the good news. 
How did this happen? It wasn't anything Kepha did on his own. On his own, he was hiding in the room, locked behind the door. It happened because he encountered the person of the Ruach HaKodesh, and he was forever changed. That's what God wants for you and me in Shavuot 2018, to have an encounter with the Ruach that would forever change our lives. The second thing that the the Ruach empowers us to do is to overcome temptation and sin. Rav Shaul talks about this in Romans 7, 24 through 8-2. I'm starting with the verse where he says, What a miserable creature I am. But let me tell you what happens before. Rav Shaul is talking to the Kehilah in Rome, and he's saying, I struggle a lot. He says, the things that I want to do, I don't do. And the things that I don't want to do, I end up doing. What a wretched man I am. What a miserable creature, this translation says. Who will rescue me from this body bound for death? Thanks be to God. He will, through Yeshua the Messiah, our Lord. Therefore, there is no longer any condemnation awaiting those who are union with the Messiah, Yeshua. Why? Because the Torah of the Spirit, which produces this life in union with Messiah, Yeshua, has set me free from the Torah of sin and death. In other words, Robert Shaul was saying, I cannot overcome the temptation of sin on my own. When sin comes knocking at my door like it did for Cain, I can't say no to it on my own. I don't have the strength. But thanks be to God through Messiah Yeshua, I don't have to do it on my own. Because Yeshua promised his Talmudim that I must leave this place in order that God will send another. And that other would be the Ruach HaKodesh. And Rav Shaul says, through the power of the Ruach HaKodesh, I am able to overcome every temptation and every sin that tries to trap and ensnare me. That's the power that God wants you to experience in your life as well. It gives us the power to speak with authority. As I said, Kepha was transformed from a timid man hiding in a room to a man who stood up on that day in Acts chapters 2 and spoke with such boldness and authority to that crowd that 3,000 people came to faith in Yeshua. Friends, it wasn't his education. And we're not opposed to education, as you can tell by all my posts this week of my kids. He was merely a fisherman. It wasn't his eloquence of speech. It was the person of the Ruach HaKodesh who empowered Kepha with an authority that was not his own. After he and Yochanan had healed the crippled man at the gate, beautiful, they saw 5,000 more men come to faith as a result of the message that he shared on that day. And in connection with this healing, they're called in before the Sanhedrin and religious leaders again. And this is what took place. Acts chapter 4. They had the emissary stand before them and said, By what power or in what name did you do this? And Kepha filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. It wasn't filled with himself. It wasn't his intellect. It wasn't his, his wisdom and his you know, understanding. He was filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. And he said to them, rulers and elders of the people, if we are being examined today about a good deed done for a disabled person, if you want to know how he was restored to health, then let it be known to you 
and all the people of Israel that it is in the name of Messiah Yeshua from Nazareth, whom you have executed on a stake as a criminal, that God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you perfectly healed. This Yeshua is the stone rejected by your builders, which has become the cornerstone. There is salvation in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by whom we can be saved. Where did that authority and boldness come? He was filled with the Ruach HaKodesh. The Ruach HaKodesh also gives us power to heal the sick and to perform miracles. Acts 10.38 says that God anointed Yeshua from Nazareth with the Ruach HaKodesh and with power, the same Greek word, dunamis. And how Yeshua went about doing good and healing all the people oppressed by the adversary because God was with him. But God promised, Yeshua promised us that we would do the same things. In Yochanan 14, he told uh, his followers, I tell you that whoever trusted me will do the works that I do, the healings, the miracles. Indeed, he will do greater ones because I am going to the Father. And what took place when he went to the Father? The Ruach HaKodesh was sent to us. He says, that's why you're going to be able to do greater because you're going to have the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. Acts 2.43 tells us that everyone was filled with awe and many miracles and signs took place through the emissaries. I'm just going to read through a list of the miracles and things that took place in the book of Acts. Two people was raised from the dead. Kepha raised the disciple Tabitha in Acts chapter 9. Rav Shaul raised the young man Eutychus who fell out of the window because Rav Shaul was speaking too long. Thank God we have no one sitting in the window today. And I promise you, I'm almost done with my message. So you're not going to, if you fall out of your chair, it's not that far. So miracles to the body, to different parts of the body. Kepha heals a lame man at the temple gate. The prophet cured Rav Shaul of his blindness. Kepha healed the paralytic. Rav Shaul cured the lame man at Lystra. Rav Shaul was stoned, but miraculously healed at the same place. Rav Shaul exercised a girl who was possessed of, of an evil spirit. He heals Plubius' father on the island of Malta. Other miracles connected to nature. The violent uh, wind in the upper room that shook that room in, in Acts chapter 2. Then in Acts chapter 4, it says that when the Ruach HaKodesh came upon them, the room shook where they were. I was telling this to some people last week. Uh, you know, it, if you remember the old building that we were in, and there was that room to the side where we had our own eggs, and we were praying in there once, and then we walked into the sanctuary, and Joan Hickman, who's home recovering from surgery, came to me and said, Rabbi Carol, that room was shaking. That was the power of the, the, the Ruach. The, and I said, Joan, that was my husband's leg, you know. Because <laughs> if you know my husband, he's always bounding like this, right? So maybe it was a combination of bone. But I knew it was my, it was my husband's leg. I could see his leg going like that. But God does manifest his presence and his power. He can sweep into this place. There have been many of us who have felt his tangible presence in our midst, right? That's the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. Think about it. The prison doors were open for Rav Shaul and Silas. They were stuck in prison. Started singing, the doors flew open, the miracle. Think about Philip. He was speaking to the Ethiopian eunuch, and all of a sudden, up 
and taken away. Miles away. Supernatural power. Kepha was another one who was liberated from prison by the angel. Think about Rob Shaul who was bitten by that snake in Acts chapter 26. And they're all like, oh, this guy's bad. That snake bit him. That's a poisonous snake. He's going to die. What did he do? He shook that snake. We did the message on that. Shake that snake. All right? Miracles, the power of God. And throughout the book of Acts, we are told, in Acts 2.43, many signs and wonders were done by the emissaries. In Acts chapter 5, verse 2, it says, the emissaries performed signs and wonders among the people. In Acts chapter 5, verse 15, it said that Cephas' shadow healed the sick. In Acts chapter 5, verse 16, it said that many uh, from outside Jerusalem were healed. In Acts chapter 6, verse 8, it said that Stephen worked great signs and wonders. In Acts 6, uh, chapter 8, verses 6 through 13, it says that Philip cured the, the cripple when he went to Samaria. In Acts chapter 14, it talks about the miracles performed by Rav Shaul and Barnabas. In Acts chapter 15, it talks about the great signs and wonders done among the Gentiles. In Acts chapter 19, it talks about the miracles that worked through the objects that were touched by Rav Shaul. They would send the handkerchiefs because they had touched his body and he had the power of God in him. And then in Acts chapter 28, it talks about how Rav Shaul healed all of those who were brought to him when he was stranded there on that island of Malta. What is the, the pattern that is being shown to us in the book of Acts? That when we receive, when we encounter the person of the Ruach HaKodesh, we are uh, given this power to perform miracles. That we could lay our hands on the sick. That we could pray for others and they would be recovered and healed and miracles could happen in our lives today in 2018. Do you know that? That he is still a miracle working God. He still answers prayer. This in the last month we had two women ask us for prayer concerning uh, uh, breast cancer, going back for testing because they had gone uh, s- several years ago and things were came back fine, but the doctors do follow up. Marlene had a uh, biopsy, came back great. Carol Mandel went this week, had a test, came back great. No cancer in either of their bodies. Why? Because God is a God who heals. He performs miracles. He gives his power to you and I as his believers and those who have encountered the person of the Ruach HaKodesh. And I close with this. That power is to enable us to be his witnesses. Again, Acts 1.8 clearly states that when we are filled with the Ruach, we will receive power to be witnesses of Yeshua. Think about this in Acts chapter 4, verse 31 through 33. It says, while they were still praying, the place where they gathered was shaken. They were all filled with the Ruach HaKodesh, and they spoke God's message with boldness, with great power. That's the Greek word there again, dunamis. The emissaries continued to testify concerning the resurrection of the Lord Yeshua, and they were all held in high regard. To testify, to give witness. So an article I was reading on this talked about the concept of witness, and it said the witness is one who gives testimony to an event, to a person or a circumstance. So a witness is someone who has seen something or experienced something or heard something. Think about it. For three and a half years, these Talmudim had lived intimately with Yeshua, 
and as a result of their contact with the Ruach and the power that he gave them, they were going to be totally different people, and they were able to speak the truth of who Yeshua was. As we said before the the encounter with the Ruach in Acts 2, they were hiding. Now they're going out to the streets and out to the community and telling the good news of Yeshua. A witness does not have to have complete understanding of what they have witnessed. Neither do they have to be eloquent. In fact, Rav Shaul says, you know, to the congregation in Corinth, I did not come to you in elegance of speech, but I came to you in demonstration of the power of the Ruach HaKodesh. We are called to be witnesses of Yeshua, to tell what we know. And you may say, well, Rabbi Carol, I don't know all the, 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 the chapters and verses like you do. It doesn't matter. You just have to open your mouth and tell what you do know. All of us who have received Yeshua into our hearts can say like the blind man, I was blind, but now I see. You see, no one can argue with that. I may not be able to convince you, and, and, and it may not, you may not be able to give all the verses, but if you accept Yeshua, you, like me, can say, I was once blind, but now I see. And as the blind man said, when the religious leaders, well, who is it, that, you know, who is this guy? What's going on? You know, tell us. He says, all I know is I was blind, and now I see. All I know is without him I was lost, and now I'm found. That's the good news that we can share, and that God will use to draw other people to him. Why is it important to share the good news of Yeshua? As Rena shared in her Devar Torah, we will all stand before God one day in eternity. And we will give account to, for one thing initially, and that is, is our name written in the book of life? And there's only one way, as we read from Acts 4, that that can happen, and that is through faith in Yeshua, the Messiah. That's why it's important for us to share the good news of Yeshua. Because, friends, hell is just as real as heaven. We don't like to talk about it. It's not a nice place. And although people sometimes joke about having a party with all their friends in hell, I want to tell you there will be no party there. It is a place of great torment and eternal separation from the presence of the creator of the world. But we have the good news. We have the good news to the world. And that news is hell is not where you want to go. And God's made a way for you not to go there. And that's through Yeshua and the Messiah. And I close with this verse, Romans 8, 13 through 14. Everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be delivered, will be saved. Today, if you have not called on the name of the Lord, you will have the opportunity to do so. And if you make that choice today, you will be saved. Your name will be written in the book of life. 
But it goes on to say, Rob Shul goes on to encourage that congregation and to encourage you and me, and we talked about this in the membership class this morning. But how can they call on someone if they haven't believed in him? And how can they believe in someone if they haven't heard about him? And how can they hear about someone if no one is proclaiming him? The ultimate goal of the Ruach HaKodesh is so that you and I will proclaim the good news of Yeshua the Messiah and the Savior of the world. He loved your family, friends, co-workers, our Jewish people so much that he was willing to come and die on their behalf. Why? To give them a hope for eternity and to strengthen them in their journey on this earth. So our prayer is that Shavuot 2018 would be a season where we truly are empowered to be witnesses for Adonai. I pray that we would not shrink back in fear, but boldly proclaim the truth of Yeshua to both Jew and Gentile alike. Amen. Let's stand to our feet. We're going to close in prayer. And then I'm going to say blessing on the food. And we're going to invite you to join Rena and Evan and celebrate with them the dedication of Mira this morning. In one of the songs we sung today, from the book of Joshua, where Joshua says, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. And in the song it says, choose this day whom you will serve. I just want to encourage you today. Every one of us are here with a choice. And if you've never embraced Yeshua and accepted him in your heart, not an intellectual understanding because James tells us the demons believe in Yeshua. In other words, they intellectually understand that he exists. We're talking about putting your trust in Yeshua. It's very simple. Repent and believe. It's really that simple. Repent, God. I've blown it. Believe, I'm putting my trust in you, Yeshua. So I encourage you to do that. My husband and I are here if you would like to talk more about that. Uh, and um, uh, we would love to sit down and, 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 and answer any questions that you have. But I just want to lead us in a simple prayer for anyone who would like to make that decision right now, a prayer to receive Yeshua. So if everyone could pray with me. Adonai, thank you for bringing me here today. Thank you that you love me enough to send your son to die for me. I repent and I believe. Amen. I want to close with the ironic benediction. And then we'll say blessing over the food. And again, please come join Rena and Evan and their family as they celebrate uh, little Mira. Just don't touch your hands. You see how they're in her mouth? Just don't touch your hands so we don't spread any of our germs. So let me speak this blessing. May Adonai bless you and keep you. May Adonai make his face shine on you and show you his favor. May Adonai lift up his face towards you and give you peace. May you walk in the peace of God Almighty. May you be empowered to be a witness for him, to be transformed and changed from the inside out. In Yeshua's name, amen. amen. Let's do the blessing over the food, and then again, please join us upstairs. Blessed are you, Lord our God, King of the universe, who through your hands all things came into being. Thank you for this food that we're about to eat. Thank you for this celebration of baby Mira and her dedication to you. 
In Yeshua's name, amen. Shabbat shalom.